0: Good morning. Welcome to Celebration Church. Let's all stand together as our campuses join us over in Appleton and Stevens Point, as well as all the people who watch us around the world and in you know, Green Bay and central north central Wisconsin as well. Let's recite together the Apostles' Creed. This is our statement of faith. This is who we are, what we believe at Celebration Church. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, the Creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord the fellowship of believers, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Good to have you with us this morning. We want to give a quick shout out to Bishop Gary Rivas over in Africa. He's been texting me during the service here. (laughs) So good morning. Good morning to you, Bishop. Uh, uh, Deb and I are going to South Africa uh, June 15th. We're going to be over there with him and looking forward to that. Taking the two oldest grandkids with us. That should be an adventure. We shall see how that fares. But, uh, and looking forward to him coming to visit us here in August. Uh, before we get into today's message on this Memorial Day, we uh, just want to give an acknowledgement. Many of you here in the Green Bay area are certainly aware. And I'm sure even around Wisconsin, in Stevens Point, Appleton, aware of a a very sad occurrence that happened last week in the Green Bay area. Nikki Vander Hayden, who was a member of Celebration Church, was brutally attacked and murdered. And just as totally devastated as you can imagine, this community and her family. A lot of difficult times in something like this uh you know evil is still very real in the earth you know and it's always a reminder you never know you never know how long we have now to be clear god never intended for this to happen uh strictly goes against god's laws one of the biggies thou shalt not kill uh but uh sometimes evil does what it does and it's it's very sad i hope that you will remember to pray special prayers for the family uh You know, this is quite, you can imagine, just a horribly devastating thing. Uh, The funeral is going to be Tuesday, if you'd like to join with that. But uh, uh, the funeral starts at 4 o'clock. There'll be visitation from uh, 12 till 4 here at the church. And pray for them. And pray for me, so I can have the right words to say in in such a difficult time as this. Uh, It's just hard to imagine what happens. Always enjoy your loved ones, all right? You cherish them. You never know how long any of us will be here. And that's why we always want to take eternity seriously, which is certainly what we do here at Celebration Church. Uh, today, obviously, is uh, the weekend of uh, Memorial Day. Tomorrow is Memorial Day and a time for us to reflect on uh, our freedoms that we enjoy in this country and particularly of those who have gone before us and have given the ultimate price in service to their country, those who have fallen, uh, take the time to reflect um, about why uh, we're having this holiday and what these people have done who've gone before us, maybe visit a a cemetery, uh, notice the military flags, show some respect, Uh, something my wife and I do every year at this time, we'll watch, you know, Saving Private Ryan or something. Right now, we're watching Band of Brothers or some uh, war film. I know a lot of people don't like those because they're kind of violent, but that's kind of the point, is uh, these people suffer greatly in defense of our freedom. There are people who want to take, as just in Nikki's situation. There's people always want to take. There's takers in the world, and, uh, and we need to be able to stand up against the takers and protect the freedom that we enjoy, and we're going to be doing that uh, certainly tomorrow, Uh, So today I want to talk about the whole idea of remembering, Um, something that we need to do intentionally, okay? Now, sadly, because of just the nature of human beings, which we call the sinful nature that seems to run through people, uh, is that we tend to, by nature, remember bad things. It's really easy for us to remember bad things. Some of y'all remember every rotten thing ever done to you since the womb. You know, and you make notes and you remember the day and the hour and what temperature was outside and that guy did this and you know, it's something you shouldn't be doing, but you do, and it's easy to get caught back. some of you constantly were rehearsing arguments that you had with people. And you think, man, I wish I could go back in time, because I wish I could say this to that person. Right? Because you know, your brain wasn't thinking at the time. (laughs) Took you several years before you figured out. I should have said, you know, whatever. Uh, and uh, so these things are constantly from a negative, And if you're not careful, it will pull you down and suck the life out of you. What you want to do is to intentionally remember the good things in life. Sadly, that does not come easily. And it's not automatic. The other is very automatic. In fact, the way to really shut off the former is to do the latter, which is to intentionally remember the good things in life. Now, memory... It can be a little challenging, uh, particularly for those of us getting in the older years in life. Uh, It reminds me of a story I heard about a guy, older fellow. He's sitting around with some of his buddies, and they're chatting. And at one point, he says, oh, you guys, you have got to go to this restaurant. It was an amazing experience. The food was incredible. And his friend said, well, what's the name of it? He says, I don't know, just a minute. He looks at his wife and goes... what's the name of that flower that smells good and has thorns? And he says, a rose? Yeah, yeah, a rose. Hey, Rose, what's the name of that restaurant? (laughs) All right. So, you know, it kind of messes with your head. (laughs) Things aren't nearly as clear as they should be. Uh, Good memories are life-giving, but you have to intentionally do it. With your memory, you can relive some of the most wonderful events of your life. But you have to do it intentionally. The time you fell in love, your wedding day, the day you first held your child in your arms, uh, all these incredibly kind things that people have done to you. Uh, all of these are really life-giving experiences. And you can actually relive them to a great degree if you'll just take the time To remember? Memory is a muscle that must intentionally be exercised or you will surely forget. And again, as I've already pointed out, sadly, because of the state of most people, remembering the bad is what comes natural. You actually have to make a real intentional effort to remember the good. Now, one of the most amazing uh, events in the Old Testament with the Jewish nation, most of you are all aware of this, is when the children of Israel... Were taken out of Egypt into the promised land. Remember, God comes to Moses. He's 80-some years of age and says, I want you to go back and tell Pharaoh, let my people go. Why? Because they had been slaves for 200 years. They were slaves. Your children were slaves. Your children's children, your cousins, your uncle, everybody you knew, the entire nation of Jews were slaves. They were indentured servants to uh, the uh, nation of Egypt. They helped build some of the great pyramids and all the different things that you see over there. This was obviously a great source of strength and advantageousness for the Egyptians. They have so many slaves. I mean, there's, you know, there was a lot of these people there. They'd been there for hundreds of years. And, uh, and they brutally forced them into hard labor. And the Bible says for years, the Israelites were crying out to God, God, deliver us from this weight of our lives, this this yoke of slavery that we have to carry in. So eventually, finally, God speaks to Moses and says, go back, tell Pharaoh, let my people go. So Moses shows up, tells Pharaoh, let my people go. And Pharaoh says, I ain't letting anybody go. Why would I let them go? And Moses says, because God says so. So I don't know your God. He says, well, if you don't, there's going to be some plagues coming your way. And sure enough, the first plague would come, and it was horrible, and, you know, the Pharaoh would call Moses and, please, get him to stop. And he'd stop, he said, but I'm still not letting the people go. And then another plague would come, and he'd, ah, oh, please, ask him to stop. I mean, this kept going on and on and on. Finally, after all these plagues and some were absolutely devastating, the worst one was to come. This is when God said the death angel would come and... Uh, would go over the nation and the firstborn child of every family would die. And of course the Israelites were freaking out And, and but God said, listen, if you will stay inside and mark uh, your home with the with the blood of a lamb uh, and and tell them about this meal that they're supposed to have, this Passover lamb uh, that we would protect you and the angel would pass over you. That's why they call it Passover. People say, you know, what's well, Passover? It's the time the death angel passed over the Israelites and God protected them when this final plague came. Uh, and uh, sure enough, after that, they could bear it no longer. And they finally let the children of Israel go. Now, you have got to. They crossed the Red Sea. They are now out there. They are free, free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, free at last. And the Bible says that they just, you know, really left. They, they, they kind of plundered the Egyptians. <laughs> on the way out the door. They took everything. They took the gold and the jewels. I mean, when they walked out of the, they were loaded for bear, man. They were one rich people as they came out, all these former slaves in the middle of this desert. And to our shock and horror, as you read the event, these people, it didn't take long before they wanted to go back to Egypt. They started remembering, as I said, it's so easy to remember the bad. But they would remember the bad, but they start to remember it in a fond way. And, oh, you know, it really wasn't so bad back in Egypt. And we read an account in uh, the book of Numbers, the 11th chapter, verse 5. Here's what the Israelites were saying. We remember the fish we ate in Egypt. It was awesome. We got it at no cost. It was fish fries in Green Bay every Friday night. It was fabulous. And <laughs> It was free fish. Well, of course it's free fish. You're a slave. Which, by the way, anybody who would like to be my slave, I promise you, I will feed you well. <laughs> I'll give you anything you want. There, let's, yeah. All right. We got one. Because <laughs> I'm not going to pay you anything. I'm just going to feed you. All right? So... This is what happens. They they remembered all. Oh, oh, they used to feed us really great fish. You know, this is, this is nice stuff. You know, put it back up there. <laughs> we got the fish Oh, all the cucumbers, the melons. Next, leeks, onions, garlic. Oh, it was so good. But now we've lost our appetite. We never see anything but this stupid manna. What's the manna? This is these guys come out of Egypt. They're in the middle of nowhere. Where are they going to get food from? Every morning, God would, from the sky would, for the sweet bread would fall, which was called manna. Well, it didn't take long before they started whining about the manna. I don't know. I, mean, I caught a miss, miss them fish fries, and onions on my bratwurst and stuff. It was awesome, you know. And they started wanting. To go back. They longed to go back. It kept pulling on them to go back. It frustrated Moses. Can you imagine? After going all this, you get them out there and they start whining to go back. And God really got frustrated with these people. And as a result, God finally decided, you know, we're just going to leave these people out here and wander around for 40 years. The trip from Egypt to the promised land was measured in days, not even weeks or months. You know, maybe a week and a half, whatever, but there's nothing. They were out there for 40 years because God was waiting for them. He wouldn't let them go into the promised land until all the older people died off. Why? Because in their mind, they were so conditioned to slavery. Even though they were free on the outside, they were still slaves in their heads, and they couldn't function. Boy, if that doesn't describe a lot of Christians today, Jesus comes into their life, changes them, but yet they're constantly slaves of the habits and the destructive patterns of their past. It seems like they just can't get away from it. Why is that? You know, there's something, even about something that might be harmful to us, oftentimes people don't want to let go of it because at least it's familiar to them. They've been so conditioned by it. They can't imagine functioning without it. So they actually get stuck into something that is actually hurting them. And that's what it was with these people. And God finally said, you know, just wait for them to, to die off. The Bible says they just wandered around that mountain for 40 years. He'll be coming around the mountain when she comes. 40 years, just waiting for him all that to die off. Which, by the way, God's very patient. <laughs> I'd have just killed them all personally. But he knew that was who could naturally go off of it. And then finally, when the young people came up, they didn't have this mentality that was sucking the life out of them. Those are the people he sent into the promised land. People you, when you read this, it's really a bizarre account uh, why they would do this., "Man, I, I would never do that." Really? Actually, we all kind of do that. It's so easy to forget the good things that God has done in our lives, and again, as I pointed out, to remember the bad things done for us, bad things done to us, the people who ripped us off, those arguments we'd like to go back and do all over again. It's really easy to remember our failures, our mistakes. Our sins. I'm telling you, man, if you're not careful, this stuff will actually just torture you, torment you. I know a lot of people. They're constantly tormented over the mistakes of their past. Even Christians, they come, but they can't let go of the fact that they made these horrible mistakes. Oh, I wish I hadn't done that. I wish I I could go back. I wish I could go back. But you can't go back. You can't go back. You're just burning energy in just a nonsensical way. Just let it go. Trust God to just. Bask in his forgiveness and move on. Don't be constantly trying to rehearse what I shoulda, woulda, coulda done in the past. Don't let that pull on you. Just like it pulled on the children of Israel that want to go back to Egypt. It's what a lot of people are wanting to do in their own lives as Christians today. We read the Egyptians, we think they're idiots, but we do the same thing. Constantly drawing back, trying to fix something we can't fix. It's so easy to forget the benefits that we've received from God. The Bible tells us that we actually intentionally need to remind ourselves. We need to remember. Just like I talked about taking the time to remember the good things, you can actually relive some of the most wonderful moments of your life if you'll just take the time to reflect. It's a good thing to do. It's a healthy thing to do. Just go back and remember. Let that bring life to you. Don't let the negative suck the life out of you. David wrote in Psalm 103, He said, praise the Lord, my soul. He's talking to himself. Hey, soul, wake up. And forget not the Lord's benefits. And he goes on to list some of the benefits. Who forgives all your sins, heals all your diseases. And the list goes on and on and on of the benefits of trusting God in your life. But he has to remind himself, don't forget. Don't forget. Why? Because it's easy to forget. That's why the Bible tells us to remember intentionally remember. Look what Jesus did. He comes into the world. He lives his life, has this incredible ministry, doing things that the world has never seen before. And on that, at that final dinner, which by the way, was the Passover dinner. See, the Jews were constantly reminded to have this Passover dinner, every year, every year. Why? To remember. Remember what God did for you. Remember how you got freed from all the slavery. Remember, remember, remember. So Jesus is doing, as a Jew, the Passover dinner just before he's to be arrested and and crucified. And during that dinner is when he starts changing things and he starts talking about the thing that we call communion. We read in the Bible uh, these... Words we say every Sunday, they're very familiar. The Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed took bread and when he'd given thanks, he broke it and he gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Why? We need to remember. He knew people. He knew the state of man. The reason as Christians we gather constantly to take communion is to remind ourselves of what he did. Don't forget what I'm doing here. Don't forget the sacrifice that I am making. Don't forget what all of this is about. Why would he have to do that? Why was it so important to establish the sacrament of communion? Why? Because we forget the good things done for us. Spend way too much time rehearsing the nasty things that have happened to us. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and said, Take this and divide it among you. This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for many. For the forgiveness of sins. Do this whenever you drink it, he says, in remembrance of me. We have to do it on purpose, intentionally. Why is it so important? Because it's easy to remember the bad to us while we find it difficult to remember the good done for us. And the truth is, if you think about it, if we just remembered the good things done for us, we'd be a lot more grateful people, right? If you would remember... The good things that your husband does for you, even though he may irritate you to no end. The hard work, the things that he does, sticks at, you know, listen, one of the reasons that married men tend to succeed more on the job than single men is because at some point, if it really stinks for a single man, he'll tell his boss to shove it, right? And move on. Every guy in here knows what I'm talking about. You have a job, you're working for some moron. Hopefully, Pastor Bob doesn't feel the same way. (laughs) (laughs) Pastor Lathan on myself, I know what you're talking about. Preach it now, brother. (laughs) At some point, you're working for a moron. You want to tell him to stuff it, right? You want to just quit. Why don't you quit? You have responsibilities. You have a wife. You have children. He works hard. Be easy to walk away. A lot of guys do walk away today. But a faithful husband doesn't do that. If we remember some of the things that people do for us, we'd be much more grateful. Remember the things your wife does for you, all the sacrifices she does. Your parents. Be grateful towards your parents. Don't just think everything is automatic just because you exist. It's my room. (laughs) No, it's not. (laughs) You're just using it. And as soon as you leave, I see a hot tub. Be a little grateful. Think of the benefits that come into your life, the kindnesses, the service that others do for you. What we're supposed to do as a country to remember those who serve us and have sacrificed for us, which is what we're supposed to be doing this weekend, tomorrow on Memorial Day, a day to remember, to remember those who have fallen in the defense of freedom and liberty. This is the call as a nation. I'm encouraging you as a Christian to remember the kind things that people have done to you. Be grateful to them and to certainly remember what Christ has done for you and to remember the sacrifice he made. But as Americans on this weekend, we are called to remember those who have sacrificed before us. One of the great calls of remembrance came from Abraham Lincoln On November 19th, 1863, President Lincoln stood on the battlefield that uh, was at Gettysburg to dedicate a portion of that land as a national cemetery. Uh, Gettysburg was uh, just a brutal battle where the north and the south converged and tens of thousands of men died in a matter of hours and over a few days. I mean, it was brutal. It was a horrifying scene. As this nation ripping apart its, its seams went after each other's throats and fought out this horrible, horrible battle. Of course, after it was over, this is when they decide to dedicate a portion of the battlefield as a national cemetery. So the president's there is a big deal, and all the diplomats and you know uh, politicians and all the people and suffer are there and they're all giving speeches and they're just blah, 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 blah. Historically, uh, it said some of them really went on for a long time. I think the guy just before Lincoln went on a good hour and a half of just blah, 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 blah. What's interesting is nobody remembers anything they said, but they just blathered on. And then after all this blathering, President Lincoln gets up and delivers one of the shortest speeches that any politician has given in the history of mankind. It is called the Gettysburg Address, and despite the brevity of which he spoke, it's these words that we remember as he called these people to remembrance. I wanna read it to you, fear not, it's not very long. Four score and seven years ago, our fathers brought forth on this continent a new nation, conceived in liberty, shall have a new birth of freedom. And that government of the people, by the people, for the people, shall not perish from the earth. And he was done. Powerful words, words that we still recall to this very day. And some of those powerful words he spoke, he says, the world can little note nor long remember what we say here, but it can never forget what they did here. It's an intentional thing. He's calling the people out. Don't forget. Don't forget. The reason we enjoy the things that we enjoy as Americans is because others have been willing to give the greatest sacrifice. So as you enjoy this holiday weekend, as lousy as the weather has been, theoretically it's supposed to be nice tomorrow. Oh, please, Lord. That would be nice. But as you're enjoying this weekend, don't forget how we're able to enjoy what we enjoy. Always remember that there are those who would willingly take from us if they could. Show a little bit of respect, a little time to reflect and be thankful and grateful to those who have served this nation that we are so blessed to be a part of. And take the time to just do some remembering in general. Try to remember some good things. Relive some wonderful moments in your heart and mind today trying to block out some of those negative things that are constantly trying to be rehearsed again in your head. And let us above all things be a people who are extraordinarily, sincerely grateful. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your love and your kindness. We thank you for this weekend that we get to enjoy with family and friends. Lord, the time that we'll be able to be together and enjoy the freedoms that you've made possible for us to enjoy Lord, we pray a special prayer for the uh, Vanden uh, Hayden family, Lord, in the midst of this tragedy that they're dealing with. Lord, that they might feel the love of this congregation stretched out towards them and for this great loss that they bear. God, help us to always be people who are grateful for all that you've done, mostly for what you've done in our lives, that through the incredible sacrifice that you gave on that cross, which we're about to celebrate as we now take communion in remembrance of what you did. Help us always to be people who are grateful. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great and safe weekend.